Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. Are you thinking about buying a used car? Well, we have some information for you that is going to be very helpful and actually might help save your life. Um, There's some interesting things about used cars that most consumers don't seem to be aware of. And that is the issue of recalls and whether or not those vehicles have actually been repaired due to the recalls. And today we're going to talk about that. It's a very important subject. My guest is Kevin Brassler. He's the editor of Consumers Checkbook, and they have done an extensive study of used cars and whether or not they are actually meeting the recall requirements. And uh, welcome, Kevin, to Of Consuming Interest. Oh, thank you. It's nice to talk to you again. Yeah. And, you know, as I always tell people, Consumer's Checkbook is my go-to book where I, uh, it's it's wonderful. And I don't have any hesitation in saying that. You all do an excellent job. And that's why this article was so uh, chilling, because there's so much research that you all put into it and so many facts. It's a lengthy article, but my goodness, every consumer who's considering buying a used car should read it. And actually, other consumers should read it too, simply because the information in it makes all of us think about making sure you respond to that recall notice. So give us a little background, Kevin. What started you all off looking at this issue? Well, I, I had read somewhere that um, that one, it's somewhere between one in five and one in six uh, uh, cars on the road right now, vehicles on the road are driving around with open recalls. And that, you know, often these these safety recalls are for for serious stuff. You know, I mean, brakes that don't work, airbags that might kill or injure you, engines that might, you know, stop, right? Doors that might fling open. Uh, and that a lot of people don't get these recalls addressed. I, actually, I'm, I'm guilty of that myself. My wife, Caroline, has a car right now with an open recall that we haven't dealt with yet. Um, but what I was surprised to learn was that uh, car dealers aren't required to do anything uh, to address these recalls before they resell the car. And not only are car dealers not required to deal with them, but say a Ford dealer selling a used Ford at a dealership that could repair that car for free isn't required to repair the car before reselling it. Um, and so I just did a little experiment one day. I looked up five cars listed for sale on, I think, CarMax site uh, at random, and three out of the five had open recalls, and one had three open recalls. Um, and so you know, I spoke to a bunch of car safety experts. I spoke with Jack Gillis, uh, some other, you know, really smart people who were in this field. And they said, no, this is a massive problem. It's, it's absolutely bananas uh, that they can do this. Uh, it wasn't until a few years ago that, that used car dealerships, they could sell cars and say they were certified and undergone some rigorous, you know, inspection process, yet not fix the thing that everyone knows was wrong with the car, including the manufacturer. Uh, but nobody really knew how big is the problem. Uh, the, the dealerships and used car sellers over the years have fought back against legislation requiring them to fix these cars because they said, well, a lot of times it's a license plate light that doesn't work, or it's a misprint in an owner's manual. A lot of these recall problems are minor problems. So I wanted to know, well, how big are the problems, right? 
Uh, yeah, and so, that's a very good question. Yeah. And as you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking, well, you know, even the people who owned the cars originally and get the recall notice may be risking their lives because they didn't respond to it. So, uh, or, or, and, or you know, know, some about recalls it, right? are a lot more serious than others. I know at Call for Action, we dealt with a consumer who had purchased a used vehicle and that car, it had a tire that blew out on the beltway. The man had his family in the vehicle. Fortunately, they did not have an accident. They were just absolutely lucky. But the tire, as it turned out, had been recalled and the previous owner had not responded to the recall on the tire. So it's so not just the body of the vehicle itself, but tires are also subject to this kind of thing. And I right. don't know if you included tires in your study or not. It really isn't important, but what is important is that consumers follow these recalls. And I know it's a nuisance. And one of the other complaints, Eric, uh, excuse me, Kevin, that we hear is that it takes so long to get the recall done. I mean, it can take months to get a part. Yeah, it's a huge problem. I, I had a recall on a car I owned, a Ford, and I wanted to get it addressed. It was, you know, the, the speed control sensor could overheat. My car could catch on fire. Oh, boy. And they said, well, we're not going to have a replacement part for a year or more. You have to bring your car into the dealership and we'll disconnect that, you know, the speed control, basically. And then once we get a part, then you make another appointment and bring it in. And so would you have loaners? No. I mean, it just doesn't make sense yeah. that they make it so difficult to get the recall repairs done. And that's why most consumers don't bother. They either don't get the notice so they don't know about it because they don't go through their junk mail or whatever, or they just don't bother with it because it's, you know, child safety seat anchors and they don't have kids. So they don't feel like yeah. they should deal with it. But when the dealers say, when they argue that most of these recalls are minor, our investigation found that's not the case. We looked at, we picked 10 different cars with known recall problems and we looked up 600 cars for sale and found that, you know, almost half of them had open recalls. Wow. And some of them had more than one. We found one car with five open recalls and they weren't minor problems, right? It wasn't that people were like, I'm not going to bother to get the license plate light fixed. That's not a problem worth taking it to the dealer for and waiting and making an appointment. No, we're talking about door latches that don't work, brakes that might fail. And we continue and to hood, have these problems with airbags. Latch. Yeah, and one of the things I read in the article was the hood latch that kept the hood, the front hood right. kept popping up in front of the driver. Man, I'm telling you, that could be a real problem. Well, and so these problems aren't minor. I mean, you know, the dealership's no. arguing that we shouldn't have to be forced to make these repairs when most of them are minor is just not a good faith argument at all. Because yeah. we looked at recalls that are serious safety. I and mean, people are dying and getting injured yeah. from these safety defects. And well, dealers want to say, oh, we're, we're selling a safe product. We're doing what we can to sell safe product, but they're not willing to actually do what it takes to make their product safe. And these yeah. are easy steps to take. They just don't want to take the time. Or, you well, know, has there the been time. any push towards the manufacturers also making sure that those parts are available? Well, um, is there some reason why when they issue a recall that the parts are not available? Well, I mean, some in the case car. of the big airbag recall, I mean, we're talking about millions and millions of cars. And oh, they just that was the make, Takata? Yeah. And okay. they just couldn't make parts, replacement parts fast enough. They can't tool up their factories to make enough parts fast enough. But I think I think that to resolve, one, one way to resolve this issue is to really make manufacturers responsible, right? So you have to have a timeline here for repairs and you have to make it easier for repairs. Yeah. You have to, you know, during the, and it's, it's not un, unheard of to that mechanics can be sent to your home 
They can make the appointment for you. Here's the window. Tell us which window you want. We'll come to you to do the repair or your place of work. They did that, some of the manufacturers, with the airbag recall. They really wanted to make sure people were getting this fixed so they didn't get sued, right, for injuries. And those products were so unsafe, they really needed to do that. Let's just take a brief pause here, Kevin, um, and let our listeners know they're tuned into Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Kevin Brassler. He is the editor of Consumer's Checkbook. And we're talking about a very important study they did on the used cars and the fact that so many of them have not responded to, that had not been put taken in for recalls and recalls that could be real safety issues. As a matter of fact, um, going back to the airbag thing, I think 17 people were killed by those airbags, which when they impl- uh, when they released, they put they had some sort of sh- shrapnel in them or some horrible thing, yeah. and it was killing people and it injured hundreds of others. So you've got to pay attention to recalls, Kevin. I mean, that's just so important. I want to I want to uh, go to the fact that there is one thing that consumers need to always do at least in my opinion, and that is if they're buying a used vehicle, they need to check out whether or not it's been subject to recalls and whether or not they've been repaired. And there's an easy way to do that, isn't there? There is. I mean, fortunately, the the federal government makes it easy for everyone to check on open recalls, everyone, including car dealers, right? If you go to nhtsa.gov, it's the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. You can do a search for, you know, transportation open recalls, if you can't remember all that. But they have on their website, if you plug in the VIN number for any vehicle, and most used cars, uh, you know, market websites had the VIN numbers, you can just copy and paste it in there. It'll tell you whether or not there's a, a recall, a safety problem that hasn't been addressed. And our advice is if you're thinking about buying a car, plug that VIN number into that website before you do anything. And if the person selling you the car isn't willing to have that issue, that safety problem addressed before you take ownership of the car, then buy something else. Uh, There's there's plenty of cars on the market that don't have open recalls. Just buy something else. And that is a responsibility the consumer needs to assume before when you're buying a used car check out the VIN number. We have, as a matter of fact, at Call for Action, we have a guide to buying a used car, uh, which we did a few years ago, which we did it because it was so important and we got so many complaints about used cars. And I'm not knocking used car dealers. My goodness, they're a wonderful market. And so many of us don't want to pay sticker price and then, you know, drive it off of a lot and, and it starts immediately depreciating. So buying a used car is a wonderful option for an awful lot of people. And, um, but it, we need to be responsible when we're doing it. And one way to do that, and, and you know, the point that you made earlier about it being certified does not mean that it actually is free from unresolved recall issues. So again, go to NHS, National Highway Traffic, uh, is it Transportation yeah. Safety Administration? Right, NHTSA. Website, right? Or just put yeah. in recall information. You can right. get that from... Um, from your website, just searching for it. And right. it, it's really the way to tune. Now, I assume that what happens here is that when the car is repaired and the, they're made, the repairs are made to the car, that that is reported to the, uh, the administration? 
it's reported. Uh, so the, the drawback to its website is it can't tell you whether or not there is a safety problem that was resolved. Um, so if you're worried that, you know, is this make and model and year of car, did it tend to have problems? You're going to have to look around elsewhere to see how many recalls were issued. And that might be an important information to you, right? That, that we found one Hyundai we were looking at had five different recalls wow. uh, over the last you know few years. That, mm-hmm. That's an indication that maybe the car wasn't designed uh, as carefully as other cars. And so I think it's worth worth looking at that too. But in terms of, you know, ongoing existing safety problems, do make sure mm-hmm. uh, that you check for open safety defects. And, and also, you know, I do think it's a problem that don't expect any seller to disclose to you those problems. They're not required by law to tell you anything about these. A lot of websites, uh, you know, the big used car marketplace websites have gotten a lot better about this. Carvana tells you right there whether or not there's an open recall. Others and they tell you what it is. Our website also says we're not going to fix this before you take the car. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of other websites that might indicate there's a problem, but not tell you what the problem is. I think well, there should just be disclosure. required disclosure. There should be yeah, required the- disclosure. They, they should be required to fix it. I mean, what other industry, surely, is there in this country that can knowingly sell you a product that is defective, that has a safety defect that could injure or kill mm-hmm. you people in your car, people, other people on the road, you're driving around. I mean, if a pharmaceutical company told drugstores, hey, we have a batch of bad drugs and the drugstore said, eh, we're going to sell them anyways. And we're not even going to warn people about it. I mean, they wouldn't, they'd be sued out of existence, right? Yeah, they'd face criminal true. charges and yet used car dealers get a pass on all this. Yeah. I, I think the number of cars that you said that from the 600 you checked, 40% of them had unresolved recall issues. And whether or not those were safety issues or not, we don't know. But what we do know is that they should all be addressed, whether or not they're... Now, what they, are the They were all serious. Yeah, they were all... Yeah. We, we looked for at cars that we knew had, in the past, had serious safety problems. And the, the numbers... Yeah. Of the, of the cars we looked up, of the 600, the numbers were staggering how many were still up for sale without these problems being resolved, including new car dealers that could have made the repair right there in their own shop before selling the car, and they didn't bother to do it. Well, one of the pushbacks from the used car dealers or anybody who's selling a car is that it, may, it might take two months to resolve it, and the car sits on the lot. Um, and, and it's not resolved. I mean, and they're losing money because they can't sell the vehicle. And if that were the reason I would say, well, that's, that's a a reasonable defense. The problem is of the cars we looked up of the 10 models, they could, there were parts available. I mean, we picked recalls that we knew could be addressed before sale. And so there really isn't an excuse. These aren't minor problems we were looking at. These are major safety defects, life-threatening defects, Right. That yeah. could have been repaired before sale. And some dealers said, well, we would have repaired it right before the person took ownership. So we waited a couple months and we looked up another 100 of the cars that we had already checked to see if, oh, well, maybe the problem got addressed right after mm-hmm. the person bought the car. No, no, very, very, it was very infrequently did that actually happen where the new owner got the repair done. And the probably reason was they didn't know about it because it wasn't disclosed to them. And this is the problem when we interviewed consumers uh, with our store is that, you know, we found a lot of consumers who with ongoing lawsuits, basically against dealers and manufacturers, because somebody got hurt, right? 
who said, I had no idea. I had no idea when I bought this car, there were three open defects that could yes. injure me, a hood latch. Yeah, the open. disclosure, the disclosure there is even if you tell the consumer that there are problems, the consumer can make their own choices to whether or not they want to buy the vehicle. But I do think that knowledge is the important tool here. Yeah. Let's just take a, a brief pause. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some other sources of used cars that you might, we're not discussing so far, but we're going to talk about them and what the issues might be there. So you're listening to Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Kevin Brassler. He's the editor of Consumer's Checkbook. And we're talking about used cars and recalls and what a high percentage of uh, cars that are for sale, used cars that are for sale have not had the recall issues addressed. But now, um, as I said earlier, there are other sources of used cars that may be a problem. And one of them is, for example, the federal government. Uh, they auction off vehicles. Are they required to re uh, do the recalls? Is there any responsibility on the part of when somebody buys a vehicle, a used vehicle from the government at an auction? Well, <laughs> Yes and no. Uh, I think that we're actually on the verge of where the, the GSA, the government administration that usually mm -hmm. you know, sells government property, uh, will be required uh, to, to fix these problems. Right now, really the only sellers that are, that are by law required to fix safety defects, these recalled safety defects before selling a car, are rental car companies. Um, which is kind of a curious thing, right? Why is it that, you know, it's not as if their cars are less safe than the other cars being sold by other parties, right? I mean, it's just, they've required one segment of the used car sales industry to deal with this problem, but not the bulk of the industry. Um, there is a bill that was written by Senator Blumenthal in Connecticut um, that I think, I thought for a while it had a chance to, to actually make it. Uh, I, you know, there was talk about it being attached uh, to the Biden administration's infrastructure bill, and I, that could still happen. But I do think that it's, it's a good law. Uh, the law basically says that if parts are available uh, and you can get the recall work done, uh, dealers, you know, companies that are selling used cars have to address these problems before they, they sell the cars. So they do put the stipulation in there that the parts have to be available. So yeah, they, they wanted to make sure you know that and well, that, you know, otherwise the, the bill's language wanted to make sure that you know the recall could be the work could be done as opposed mm -hmm. to that way that because the used car dealers are right in saying you know sometimes there aren't parts available and we don't want to have to just sit on a car for eight months. To which I, a consumer advocate, answer: Well, then don't buy the car, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. You know, they keep talking about how this is going to be a constraint and it's going to cost the industry billions, which I think is well overestimated. But, you know, as a consumer advocate, I'd say, well, you know what, if it were more difficult, right, on, on the dealerships, on the franchisees of these manufacturers, then maybe we wouldn't have so many darn recalls to begin with. I mean, we're talking about tens of millions of cars over the last just few years, have had these recalls issued. Right? I, I read in your article, you said that there's something like 57 million vehicles are on the road with unresolved recall issues. It's and that astounding. is really kind of scary. And let me, there's one other I want to mention here, and that is the private sellers. Uh, they have no, no responsibility for checking uh, recalls. Hopefully they had it done while they were driving the vehicle. But as we know, a lot of people don't do that. 
So for the consumer, I think it's extremely essential that they check out with this VIN number and tell people where they can find the VIN. It's all over the place, isn't it? In a vehicle and on the, uh, uh, it should be on the registration. Yeah, it by law has to be, and if you look through your front windshield, it has to be on a little a, a little tiny uh, strip on the dashboard. Uh, it's usually listed. Uh, I I think it is listed in most states in your in your uh, the registration for the car. It has to be listed there also. Um, and, and so I, yeah, I mean it's something that when you're in, when you're buying a car, if the person won't give you the VIN number, if you're looking on a website. At a, at a marketplace, whether they're private sellers or, or car lots or whatever, if they don't show you a VIN number for the car, don't consider that car. I mean, there, it doesn't make any sense these days for a seller not to disclose what the VIN number is so you can go look for recalls. And also so you can go do everything. You want to go see if it's, if it's had a, a bad accident history. You want to make sure it hasn't been that an insurance company basically didn't effectively pay out for the car as a total loss uh, sent it to someone else who fixed it up and now has put it back on the market because that's cars that's going to have problems with it. Yeah, right? th- that r- database has a wealth of information for consumers and, and the VIN number is kind of like the social security number of cars um, because it is specific to each vehicle and that tells you the history of that vehicle, although not everything is is there. Right, but everything, um, yeah. most everything is because if a, it's in an accident and it's not reported by the person who repairs it, then to the insurance company, then it's not going to be in the in the database. But that doesn't, it also helps you to screen, hopefully, flood cars, which, you know, we see them, pardon the pun, flooding the market after yeah. we've had major ca- uh, casual flood, uh, flooding in certain areas. So anyway, okay, just give consumers again, where they can go to find out this essential, in many cases, life-saving information, Kevin. Sure, it's it's the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. So it's nhtsa.gov slash recalls, or you can go to to our website, checkbook.org, our, our story on, on, on this, our investigation on this topic is right there on the front page. And I recommend that throughout. to everybody. Yeah. Or you can just do a quick search on the internet. I mean, it's pretty easy to find. Uh, the government, in this case, has done a pretty good job, I think, with linking up all the different manufacturers' databases into a website that that, that can, it, it won't tell you much, but it will tell you one thing, which is whether or not there are open recalls. Uh, there know, are organ- I think it's a good idea for anybody to go in and check and see if they've missed a recall on their vehicle. Yeah, I I, I think it's worth doing because... Again, these, you know, I don't think that I would argue the manufacturers aren't doing nearly a good enough job uh, publicizing and informing their customers uh, of these problems. And that's clear from, you know, how many people are buying these used cars with open recalls. They don't know about them and then they don't get them fixed either. So the car is just passed on from person to person. The manufacturers are supposed to check registration records so that if a car changes hands, they're sending a notice to the new owners saying, oh, you know, we have, you have a problem here. You need to get this addressed. But I don't think the manufacturers, the franchisees, the dealerships are doing nearly good enough job of making it easy to get these repairs done. It's a hassle. Uh, some aren't even offering loaners. And you know how it is. You have to make an appointment. It's That's inconvenient. Right. Yeah. You have to maybe wait around for hours for them to do the repair. 
Uh, it's hard it, it to do. Well, Kevin, that, that's going to end it for us, I'm afraid. It's been a wonderful interview. I hope we save some lives out there and people will have check their cars and the recalls yeah. on the cars. I've been talking with Kevin Brassler, who's the editor of Consumers Checkbook. You can reach them at checkbook.org. It is a fabulous article. I really recommend that you read it. Uh, no matter whether you have a new car or an older car, you want to read about recalls. And I'm Shirley Rooker. You can reach me at Shirley at callforaction.org. And we thank you for joining us. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.